0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend across Scottish football. It's as you were at the top of the Premiership after Rangers beat St Mirren 2-0 with Todd Cantwell back in the team. Brendan Rodgers was the angriest he's ever been at half-time but Celtic rallied to see off St Johnson 3-1 and there were big wins for Hearts and Hibs as Aberdeen's woes continue and Scotland gets set for the opening game of the Euros. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have the pleasure of Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. It's a pretty dull, drab weekend. Celtic win, Rangers win, Hearts win, Hibs win, and Scotland get drawn against the host in a couple of no marks at a major tournament. Just a routine week in Scottish football. I don't know what we're going to talk about, Gordon. Yeah, very straightforward <laughs> stuff, Andy Halliday, as if the prospect of game one at the Euros isn't enough. A busy old weekend in the Scottish leagues as well. Yeah, Roger's right. I almost don't know what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, obviously, the small matter of red cards, no red cards at the weekend. We also have fixtures this week. We've got the Euro draws, Roger mentioned, but more importantly, the status of you and Mr. Hanner's Christmas tree. Still not up, still not going. I don't care what you say. Um, holding strong 01419511025 is the number you need. So why not pick up the phone and let us know what you are thinking if we start yesterday and work backwards, Rangers fans. Uh, what did you make of the performance against St. Mirren? How suitable a response was it to the European? Disappointment. What do you make of the Todd Cantwell issue? Or is there now not an issue? He's back in the team, back in his position, had a hand in the goals. Is that a line drawn under it? Abdallah Sima back amongst the goals. Anything else that jumped out? There's some fairly concerning injury news regarding Nicholas Raskin and others. Uh, so share all your thoughts there, please, on 01419511025. We never avoid cliches on this show. A game of two halves. Brendan Rogers was the angriest he's ever been, he says. Celtic fans, so what did you make of that first half performance? Was it worthy of him being as angry as he's ever been? What about the goal conceded and Joe Hart and all the rest of it? And then to flip it on to the more positive side of things, how pleased were you with the response, the standard of goal, the quality of those strikes in the second half in Perth? 01419511025. Fur Park is clearly the place to be for drama and goals, uh, but are enough of them going in your favour? Motherwell fans, St Mirren fans, maybe you want to offer your thoughts on where it went wrong or what else you could have done at Ibrook. Sandy Halliday will give us his unique bench cam perspective of Hearts victory down at Kilmarnock as well. And hopefully by the end of the show, I really want to speak to someone who spent all weekend on Skyscanner and Expedia and TripAdvisor and other travel websites being available to tell us what plans you've got for Germany. Now you know when and where and who, what's it looking like. I've seen some EasyJet flights at 700 quid, which is making me think that I'm definitely going to be driving a camper van with Keevans, DL and Wilson in the back of it come the summer. And that's given me the dread. So 01419511025. And to whet your appetite, these two are going to paint the picture. Result of the weekend. Roger. Result of the weekend dedicated to Gordon DL has to be Wraith Rovers. Oh. They were one down... Inverness Duncan Ferguson still to lose a game with Inverness and they score in 86 and 90 plus 4 minutes they're a point behind Dundee United at the top of the championship and they could soon be in the top flight for the first time since Gordon Diel was prancing around Jackie O's see we are cultured on this show we sometimes look out with the top flight go on surprise me result of the weekend 
I'll surprise you by picking Hearts. Uh, no, listen, Rugby Park not the easiest stadiums in, in the league to that go to for any club. Home record, for any that. club, uh, obviously off the back of now four wins on the trot as well. First time for over five years, I think I read, which is a well, an incredible start for a club like Hearts. Uh, so I mean, I don't think you look any. Manager yes, of the month, yeah. yeah. He's got his team selection bang on over <laughs> the last month, I yeah. think you have to say. Uh, bench cam still working, sub zero temperatures. Doesn't like malfunction or anything. It's a bit frosty there. Yeah. I spent half it inside, but it was no bad when I was there. Uh, right, goal of the weekend, and I do think you've got good choices. Good you, you didn't last yeah. week, you were toiling, but this week. I think we picked a couple of OGs last week, didn't we? But it's a, it's a good pull of mm-hmm. uh, goals this week. Um, I was at Ibrox yesterday for super scoreboard. I have to go for Abdallah Seema's first goal. Um, started in his own penalty area by James Tavernier. It went through Connor Goldson, Ross McCausland, Cyril Dessers, Todd Cantwell, and an emphatic finish by Abdallah Seema to set Rangers in the road to three points. Well, I'll stick with the standout goal for the weekend then, and I'll go for uh, I'll go for Matt O'Reilly. Uh, I think he's been the standout performer in the league this year. I think. Uh, Instances again Like yesterday He's been called upon When needed He stepped up to the plate And the goal in itself Lovely build up Great touch by Kyogo To lay him off mm. Touch Finish with a weaker foot Top corner Yeah Mika Beareth Overlooked um, Howler of so the I weekend Sick of picking Motherwell I've told you Howler Who was howling Howler, Howler We've got a few weekend. choices For this as well by the way we certainly, Were can, referees I, a bit quieter This weekend You're going to tell me no <laughs> Not sure <laughs> Apart from that game Go on Roger so Andy doesn't have to get the bench cam out I'll go for poor Will Dennis at Kilmarnock uh, Lauren Shanklin down the inside left channel fired it across into the six yard box bread and butter for the goalie somehow it's in the back of the net and are you going to mention something else while Dennis was involved in or will we skip that part don't know what you're talking well, about hey, we might get there we might get there but I'm going to go for he's been the main man for Aberdeen for a long period of time I don't think Dej- uh, Bojan Mayowski sorry will have a poor night in front of goal than he did yesterday against Hibs Three, four great opportunities uh, and David Marshall you've got to say had his number he had a, a fantastic performance but I think Miofsky will be scratching his head how he's not walked away with at least a couple of goals Penalty in there as well um, and go on then let's end on a high a positive outlook your top performer top man of the weekend Top man of the weekend well a notable mention to David Marshall who Andy touched upon after his heroics for Hibs but I have to go for his right back 16 year old Rory Whittaker in a season when we've seen a lot of teenagers coming into the Premier League um, a first start for Hibs at Easter Road a clean sheet for Hibs at Easter Road 16 years of age and he will never forget his day yesterday I don't think Gordon I went for Todd Campbell uh, I don't think he's it was his best performance at Rangers jersey but I think the meaning behind it I think there was a lot of pressure on him going into the game being hooked after 35 minutes on Thursday He's, all, he's he's been wanting, waiting for this chance to play the number 10 role he gets given it yesterday and it was very very easy for him after a slow start in the game against the month to wither away and uh, and let the game get away from him but he then comes up with the, the big moment in the first half uh, by scoring uh, assisting Abdullah Seema sorry for an important goal in the first half and then for me certainly pass of the weekend that's for sure if that was a, a new start we are doing on the that's, Monday that's to release for, made up. for his second one so that's my reasons for it. Pass of the weekend usually comes on beat the pundit. Five past seven. <laughs> um, your 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 extra quiz question for tonight is to just highlight how young Rory Whittaker is. If you can tell me what was Christmas number one, the year Rory Whittaker was born. Well, if he's sixteen, you're talking two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, leave it with you. It's not. That, a, it's well, not a particularly well known one, to be fair. Oh right. Okay. Oh no, it is actually for for certain reason. It's not within. Um, a, no, it's too too early for lad baby. Yeah, too early. All right, listen. This isn't. This was not meant to take over the show. So anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's bring in Davy. 
who's a Rangers fan in Kirkcaldy. Davey, how's it going? You well? Good afternoon, boys. How are we doing? All good, all good. What did you make of Rangers yesterday? Todd Cantwell was back and all that after the the substitution at the weekend. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I think every, every Rangers fan was looking to see if he would start yesterday and if he'd be given an opportunity to, in that number 10 role. Um, and I think he did really well to assist and um, looked, looked better in the second half than the first half. Yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be the big talking point, Roger. You were there. Will he play? Where will he play? Who will he play in place of? Davey made a good point at the end there. Better in the second half than the first half. Sure. Because yeah, for yeah. 35 or 40 minutes, he was a peripheral figure. He was carping at the referee. He gave the ball away at one stage to Conor McMenamin and then hauled down Conor McMenamin. Um, he was having a, a frustrating afternoon. I don't know who was more frustrated, Todd Cantwell or the Rangers support, but then... The turning points that goal is again the stoppage time at the end of the first half. We talked through the team goal, but Cantwell's involvement seemed to lift him and Seamus Finish seemed to lift the whole of Ibrox. And there was no coming back from St. Mirren after that. And, and Cantwell did play better in the second half. Suppose, Andy, though, that you get that kind of eye test like, what do you do for overall 90 minutes? And then your contribution, no always talk mm-hmm. about numbers. I mean, the first one's a great example because it is an assist, I guess, but it sort of just overruns it and, and Seema takes it off him. And then a genuine, very good, high-quality assist, the second one. He'll still come off feeling like there's a real positive contribution there, played where he wanted to. Um, were you surprised to see him in there? Did you always expect that to happen? I was surprised just off the back of Thursday. Uh, but the thing is, I don't think anyone in that sort of position, other than Tom Lawrence, you can say, when they've played in that position, they've nailed the jersey down. So I, I, I thought Tom Lawrence would come back. I thought he'd play that position. The real shot was he played that deeper role. But uh, to be honest, I, I, I think it was the right decision to take Sam Lammers out of the team, take him out of the limelight. Uh, obviously gets his cameo towards the end, but you, know, you talk about your influence in the game in that position. For me, at number 10, you've got to be creating chances, you've got to be getting the box, scoring goals, getting assists. I think Sam Lammers recently has had a lot of uh, positive performances in terms of his work rate, his contribution off the ball. I think that's something Philippe Clement's massive about. He actually referenced it towards the end of, uh, after the game when he talked about Todd Campbell. He said he was happy with how he's, he worked off the ball, he's shaped with it. But for me, Todd Campbell, being in there, being in that position, creating chances to assist, I think that's what number 10 is supposed to do. How, you feel like, is that a line drawn under it, David? Does Todd Campbell still have a bit more to prove to, to Philippe Clement, do you think? Are you asking me, sorry? Yes, sorry, David, on you go. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not got the best signal. Um, I don't know, I think there's been there's that bad signal he was talking about he, he did say he didn't have the, the best signal it's funny because see when, when Gordon DL used to frequent Kirkcaldy he used to always say oh, I've, I've not got a good signal yeah. you'll not get me for yeah. four days yeah. Um, yeah. Davies learned that the oldest w- trick in the book I was in Jackie O's um, the, oh no signal in there certainly not um, same question then when you two pick it up how much of a, a line is drawn under it how, how much does Todd Cantwell do you think still have something to, to sort of prove to Philippe Clement it was really interesting I spoke to Philippe Clement after the game for Super Scoreboard and I asked him things like that and you know I said well, we give did, him, will did, we give the answer actually let's, go, let's go not spoil it. it Right, we'll bring Davy back in in a second uh, the Rangers manager said positive talks with Todd Cantwell helped uh, and he says the midfielder showed the reaction he wanted to see we talked about about the game on Thursday and he agreed that he was not doing what he should do he was frustrated about himself also and his performance on Thursday so this is the direction that I want to see. It's a team sport. Otherwise, we need to play, become a tennis player or something. 
So you're part of a team and Tot is part of a team. And we talked about that. I know, I know this is a better position for him, but we need to look also to circumstances with all the injuries. And on the right side, we didn't have many players available. He did a good job there also. Don't, uh, don't forget this. Against Sparta Prague, he was one of the best players. And he knows that, so he stays available also for, to play on the right side or on the left side or in the center. So about that, we had also a really clear talk. So right, Davey, I think we've got you back. On you go. Hello. Yes, a, a quick point, Gordon. I know I'm from Kirkcaldy. My mother's working in Motherwell right now. Nah, phone yeah, signal yeah. in Motherwell's always impeccable, trust me. Yeah, well, uh, I'm in Motherwell right now. I don't know why I'm signal, but it's not the best. But if you can ask a question again, I, I was kind of cutting off in there. Is that a line drawn under it? How do you see Todd Cantwell's part in the team going forward? I think it's up to Todd Cartwell to be honest with yourself. Um, I think, as I said, Rangers fans, it's frustrating to see players like Cartwell getting played out of position. We've seen a lot of that recently. Um, a lot of players who, in my opinion, just aren't going to make it at Rangers. Um, I think you're Sam Lammers. I think you've had enough chances. And hopefully from now, you can see it can't be the weekend. He, the first half he was, I think the pressure got to him. Um, but he settled into the game and we started to see the, the Todd Cartmill that we saw sort of to the tail end of last season. So hopefully we go forward now. We've got a massive game at Tynecastle on uh, Wednesday. I'm sure Mr Halliday's uh, waiting for that one. Um, but yeah, hopefully now we've got a bit of a settled team. Hopefully we get McCausland on the right. Todd Cartmill win. Um, if uh, Lawrence can stay fit as well, then hopefully we can kick on. Good man, Davey. Let you go and get that signal sorted out Sounded good there in the end Must have got to the, the right bit of Motherwell Just to, to make it click That was Davey on the line What about David? Let's be a bit more official about things This one's on the other line How's it going David? Ah, I'm good guys, how are you? Not bad, good not David. bad What about the, the overall kind of performance yesterday David? How, like obviously it's, it's a win and it's three points How satisfactory was it? Are you still looking for a bit more? Or do you just take it on the back of two two draws? teams are struggling. They're struggling to break down these these teams who come out and just want to defend and, and we're, we're struggling for Celtic as well as Rangers for that wee bit of magic. Um, I mean Celtic struggled for quite a while and sat and sort of the last game and Rangers did as well. But I think the difference as Clement said, he, he, he tried to play Cantwell in a different position and it doesn't work. Cantwell needs to be playing off the striker. When he's playing off the striker, Rangers are a better team, they play better, they get better chances, and they score more goals. Uh, Roger, how would you sum up yesterday? We, we, we know this dance in Glasgow where, look, for some people who just look at the big picture and just say, oh, it's three points, it's a win, like, what's the fuss? You will then get others come away saying, oh, that first half wasn't good enough, and... You know, it's a good job we scored right at the end of the first half because yeah. that changed everything. Yeah. How much more should Philippe Clement be looking for versus what he got yesterday? I think they both did enough to win yesterday, Gordon, and no more than that. Um, Philippe Clement would gladly take the Rangers win off the back of 2-1-1 draws in the previous two games, but they will need to be better. They'll need to be better than that at Hearts on Wednesday night. They'll need to be better than that against Betis and Seville a week on Thursday night. They might even need to be better than that against Aberdeen in the League Cup final a week on Sunday. So he knows it's still, you know, 10 games in 
it's still very much a work in progress but I think he'll feel better about him, about his team after yesterday than he had after the previous two games because they were they were a bit better yeah I thought in the first half uh, it was all quite slow and, and, and timid and I thought you know Rangers just resulted for the most part it just crosses into the box which I thought St Man dealt with really well but we've all heard the persistent message for Philippe Plumont since he's came in the door is he wants his team to play forward quicker he wants it to be more, more aggressive I think that sort of typifies the first goal and I think that's probably what it needed to break down St Man at that point because I thought they were struggling to break down the low block but you always felt St Man's frailty will be in transitions when they actually got up the pitch so then that leads to Roger Hanna's goal of the weekend but obviously it breaks uh, to James Tavernier in the, in the box and his decision was not to pass it back to uh, to Jack Bolton it was to show composure play forward to Conor Golson down to Ross McCausen then it's that run that Cyril Dessers makes that it ends up sort of breaking up the uh, the St Mern structure and within that they get a goal at a massive time because for me if they go in now now at half time I think it was going to be a longer second half than it than it turned out to be What were the positives David I saw a lot of praise for Ross McCausland do you think that, is this the start of a, a run in the team from the beginning for him or is it is it still a bit early? No I, I think he's going to be a player for the future I think he's showing um, his ability he's wanted to, he's wanting to, he loves Rangers and he, he wants to be here and he's trying he's, he's hardest every day and I think given time he will be a great player for Rangers and I think he's he's got the skill and talent to take on players and beat them and score goals I think it's a position of the pitch that Rangers have been crying out for for, for four, five, six years. Uh, that real out-and-out out winger, someone that's direct, someone that can lift the crowd. And I think Ross McCausland done that in the first half. I thought a first half that was really flat. I thought any time he got the ball, he was trying to be really positive, get forward. And, you know, we've all heard about Rangers when they talk about this player trading model. Look at Nathan Partson, 12 games he played for Rangers before he went for somewhere between 12 and £16 million. Pound. For me, that's why you, sometimes you do have to le lean on these academy players like Ross McCausland when you know, players in the first team round about that position aren't really grabbing down their opportunity. And I think any time he's had an opportunity this season, I think he's impressed. And and for me, I thought he was one of the only standouts really in the first half. Thank you very much to David on the line 01419511025. What about Perth yesterday? Celtic fans, I'll bring you those really strong uh, words from Brendan Rogers about being the angriest he's ever been. What did you make of that? Is that how you felt after the first half what about the goal conceded who's to blame there what improvements do you need and then the better side of all how good were those second half goals how good was the response how pleasing was the introduction of some of the subs as well give us your thoughts and we'll hear from you next Patron Saints of Patter this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard on St Andrew's Day don't worry, you've not time travelled. I've got no idea why we're still bagpiping for St Andrew's Day. Uh, just in case anyone thinks that they've gone to sleep a was week ago. Was it Hugh playing the bagpipes? Yeah, yeah. I thought no, that's good. That's good. Fair play. Uh, was that you? <laughs> was that? Just a tin of beans in a way he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gives him the energy he needs. 01419511025. Let's hear from Brendan Rogers. He was the angriest he's been in football at half time, apparently. He says they were soft and got bullied at times and that it wasn't befitting of a Celtic team. Yeah, yeah, I'm still angry, if I'm honest. The um, the first half was nowhere near what you expect from a Celtic player and team. Just level of intensity and ambition in the game and speed and absolutely nowhere near it. Got bullied for the goal and were soft in everything with and without the ball. 
halftime is the angriest I've ever been as a manager. And then people who've been around me will know me that I'm very, normally very calm. And so it was nothing tactical. This was about the desire and what it takes to to play for this club. And thankfully, second half, the the players were brilliant. Callum McGregor uh, was outstanding second half, and then I got more the energy and, and ambition that I want. What did you make of those words? Well, he talked about energy, and I thought that came from the introduction of Mikey Johnson. Uh, I thought in the first half, something like what I was saying about Rangers, really slow, really ponderous. I thought the players were playing within themselves. Uh, I think, especially in the front three, I thought they lacked real creativity. Uh, I, you know, I've. I've Sort of said a, a couple of times on the show that I think Yang, any time he's came on, I think he's impressed. But any time he's been given a starting berth, I don't think he's quite made the impact needed. I thought he was really, really safe in possession any time he got it in the wider area. Fast forward to the second half, Mikey Johnson really positive. Every time he got the ball, getting to the byline, getting crossed into the box. And then that sort of spot moment of magic comes from him sort of starting off for the for the first goal towards Callum McGregor. A little jink inside, finds Matt O'Reilly in the box. But listen, the difference in, in tempo and energy was, was evident between both halves. Mm, Callum is a Celtic fan. How are you, Callum? Evening, Paro. How's it going? Not yeah, bad, Callum. not bad. Brendan Rodgers, the angriest he's been at half-time. What was, the, what was your feelings on it? Well, I'm surprised he's not been that angry in a few games this season. It's a very similar performance. A couple of the draws we've picked up. Very similar to... Kamarnock game where we get beat at the start of the season I actually had that feeling going through the game that we weren't going to get a goal didn't see it coming but yeah the, the second half performance picked up considerably thankfully What was the difference? Was it Mikey Johnson inspired? Or was it something else? <sighs> the team talk had a lot to do with it I think it was your typical coming back from Europe performance especially with another defeat um, against Lazio it's not difficult it's not easy sorry coming back from home and going to a place like St Johnston and trying picking up three points but yeah but Mikey Johnston himself he was really good when he came on he has looked really really bright when he's had his opportunities this season which is nice to see because I did think he was going to kind of fall to the wayside and get sent out on another loan or just allow his contract to run out and go for a free I suppose you need opportunities don't you because those things could well have happened if the injuries hadn't yeah. taken place that's just you know the way the way football works, I, I suppose. Mean, to answer the question you asked Callum there, Gordon, about what made the difference, it was clearly the half-time team talk. I'll go back to what one of Brendan's predecessors, Gordon Strachan, used to say. If you have to tell a footballer something once, that's fine. You know, impart the instruction, tell them what you expect. If you have to tell them twice, then you've got a problem. Now, I would imagine at the end of a week where Celtic have dropped points at home to Motherwell, they've lost at Lazio to go out of Europe altogether, I would imagine Brendan gave... Quite a rousing team talk mm. before the game at Perth yesterday. And for 45 minutes, you'd never have known. And I think that's probably where the anger in Brendan built up. It's interesting because he acknowledges himself. It's probably not his style, but you wonder what what that you know what was said or how angry he was, yeah. if, if that makes sense. He's clearly they've gone out and not done anything that they were asked to do. And they've needed something of a prompt, shall we say, at half-time to go out and do what they do best. And they did well in the second half. Callum McGregor, great goal. Matt O'Reilly, great goal. Joe Hart, great save after a first-half howler. And then James Forrest does what he always does and scores at Perth. So they got over the line. They got the three points. At that stage of the day, they were 11 points clear. Um, but even at that, the first words Brendan uttered in that audio were, I'm still a bit angry. Yeah, I mean... Callum, we, we could have mentioned it a, a bit earlier with Rangers. I don't mean to always liken the situations, but there will be loads of fans who say, 
but you know it was good. It was great goals the second half, brilliant turnaround, and you know still eight points clear. And but what's to worry about? And then others who say, yeah, but I didn't like what Joe Hart did at the goal, and you know we signed players like Yang. We might even get on to you know Navrotsky and Lagerbielka. There was very interesting comments today on that rather than than yesterday. Are you of a mind to to worry about some of the stuff in the first half, or are you one of life's optimists? Nah, I don't like to micro-analyse a game of football We're all human at the end of the day um, People are liable to make mistakes Especially with the, the players that we have at our disposal I think just to call back the Gordon Strachan comment The big difference, Gordon Strachan was talking to grown men Not 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 23-year-olds That are unsure of themselves So that's the biggest difference between the two teams You also had to talk to Mark Wilson though, Callum Ah, it's tough to that <laughs> Very true but going back even just 10 years ago, the signing policy was different. The players there were completely different. You're bringing in established players with some youth, some people coming through the academy. So the fact that that message had to get relayed the way that it did, it, times have changed. The young boys that are playing football now, they need more of a, a kick up the backside when things aren't going their way. I suppose that's all, all you can do. You know, Pundits will be guilty of it. I saw fans on social media... You're allowed to be very critical at half time and then afterwards say, Well, okay, fair enough. You know, it, it got better. Yeah, um, it just depends how much you forget forgive and forget those issues. I mean, some of the stuff you were seeing about Joe Hart and the signing policy and all that stuff at, at half time, for some people that then disappears when the game is won. Yeah, it's a stranger was sitting in a very cold gantry at Ibrox, just like listening to the first part of the phone in before the Rangers game kicked off. And the first few callers, it was almost as if Brendan Rodgers can say all those critical things about Celtic but Hugh Keevans can't if you know what I mean no, that's and, fine and, I don't mind that and, and the, you know some Celtic supporters on social media can say it as well but they still can't bring themselves to agree with Hugh who's saying the exact same nah, things I'm with that, that, don't that agree they're with saying ever. so uh, Celtic are top of the league and it, it's a really difficult situation at the minute for Celtic supporters because they are top of the league therefore how much criticism can you give the team? Um, they're eight points clear. How much criticism can you give the team? But the flip side is, they are out of the League Cup. They are out of Europe. Um, a lot of the signings haven't made the impact that you would expect them to make. Yang was the whipping boy yesterday. Stood offside for 45 minutes mm -hmm. in Perth. But Yang's done better than Tilio or Narovsky or Lagerby Elk or Kwon yeah. or you know any of these guys. And the, the manager himself has brought up the recruitment. First thing he said in Rome last Tuesday evening was, we need more quality come January. Yeah, some interesting stuff on the Vrotsky and Lager Bielka. Maybe do that later in the show. We'll thank Callum for his time and bring in Gary. How are you, Gary? Yeah, not too bad, guys. How are you going on? Not bad, it's not bad. What do you take away from yesterday then? Yeah, I was saying to the guy there, I thought, um, yeah, there's an element of Brendan Rodgers obviously giving them a, a kick up the backside, but I think the biggest thing for Celtic was going back to the two strikers up top because essentially teams are going to, their game plan is catches on the counter attack, try and play in a low block, whereas the minute oh come on, it kind of gave them a lot to contend with, try to hold up his physical play with Kyogo's pace in behind as well. So that kind of helped us. In the second half, can I pin them in? Um, which, which I thought was the biggest turning point for Celtic at the weekend. Yeah, it's something that, that I think Brendan Rodgers tried it last week at home to Motherwell and it didn't quite click the same. But Gary makes a good point because I know what Brendan Rodgers was getting at. Um, 
but he still said in, in that clip we heard, you know, you know, it wasn't tactical, he was wanting more intensity yeah. and so on, and I know you need that to make the tactical side work, but ultimately there was a change as well. It wasn't like the same wasn't like the same eleven in the same formation and they just did things better in the second half that there were tweaks that helped it happen. Yeah, there was. Uh, you know, I mentioned energy, tempo is one of them, but a big thing for me was just forward runners. Uh, and again, you don't need a, two strikers to have forward runners and get people in the box. And I think that comes again in the first run. Forward runs, people willing to get forward, selfish runs. I mentioned Mikey Johnson's part in the first goal. That doesn't happen if Alistair Johnson doesn't make a selfish run on the overlap. For me in the first half, it was more stand, give the ball, you go and do something putting the onus on someone else, letting your teammate go and do it, whereas I thought in the second half, players took the impetus to go and make an impact to their cell. Uh, I think Matt O'Reilly, again, perfect example for that, for the first goal, he's forward running in the box, second half, obviously forward run, he went there and get the goal. So I just thought, and listen, the reason I brought up Mikey Johnson's introduction is I think energy is one of the most infectious things you can have in football. If one player shows 100% energy to make a difference, I think it spreads within your team and the fans. Mm. Yeah, was some goal, wasn't it, Matt O'Reilly? Did you see, yeah, yeah. I saw the quotes, he's putting it down to Pilates. Did you notice that? Yeah. He feels more balanced. Well, my, my fiancé does Pilates four times a week. I can't see her scoring that goal, so I'm <laughs> not sure Matt O'Reilly's he's right with the Pilates. You don't there. see her bagging one in from no, 25 no, yards. We are weak foot, I'm not sure. And that's what he said, because he said it helps him feel more balanced. It's the best goal he's ever scored. It did, uh, did help her get the Christmas tree out the loft early with his, <laughs> with his right foot. Listen... Small he's, marginal gains, is that what they say? He's playing really well. He's a front runner. This must be the earliest player of the year shout you'll ever get in this show. It's not even Christmas yet. Front runner for player of the year. Yeah, um, for going sure. back to your point about tweaks, there have been a few tweaks. You know, you go back to that 2 2 with Atletico Madrid, which was Celtic's best performance in Europe this season. And they played better when they went to three at the back when Nat Phillips came on. And they almost sort of did away with wide players. He hasn't tweaked the starting formation, he's stuck to the 4 3 3. I'll be interested to see surely Mikey Johnson's done enough to get himself a start against Hibs on Wednesday night what? at the expense of Yang. The one thing you would ask, when does O get a start? And when he gets a start, is it the expense of the third central midfielder, i.e. Turnbull, or is it the expense mm. of Kyogo? Here's the thing, Gary. We keep hearing Celtic fans say things like, it's 2023 and we're still bringing on Mikey Johnson. How is this happening? And then some people like Andy and Roger are saying tonight, well, Mikey Johnson was the difference maker yesterday. So where do you, where do you sit in between those two statements? I, I think with Mikey Johnson, it's always been the same for him at Celtic, isn't it? We are, I don't think it's necessarily the large fault. I think just the standards has been set that high for players like Jota and stuff like that. And he'll never, ever be a like-for-like -like comparison. So um, he has always going to get compared to these guys who are hitting high numbers and, and putting on the kind of performances. But... I say, I like, so like Yang and that fall into that category as well. Just it's, the standards been set over the past few years, and it's, I, I don't think these guys will ever hit these standards. But I say he always tries his best, and as, as Andy said, he's, he's always full of energy as well. It's um, it's always a plus to have in your team. Mm. I think a real boost to Celtic as well is the news that Dyson Maeda and, and Lila Bada are back in training because I do think yeah. that's an area of the pitch, the wider areas. I think there's a lot of emphasis on for me. Lewis Palmer over the last two, three, four games to be that main creative outlook. Whereas over the last sort of two, three seasons, they've had Jota, Haxabanovich, Forrest, Abada, all these players where 60 minutes you'll go and give us it. If you're tired, if you're yeah. not producing, we'll take you off, we'll bring someone on. Whereas I think right now, I think there's there's quite a lot of onus in one, two players to, to make a difference. And listen, you play for hearts. Gordon supports Motherwell. I don't expect any old firm sympathy from you two. 
But the two old firm clubs have had problems with injuries this season. You look, oh, you look at Celtic, you know, I knew you were going to say that. But, <laughs> you know, Gary will tell you, Celtic without Hatate, Maeda and Abada, mm-hmm. three of their first choice front six, it's bound to have an yeah, impact. We just don't talk about Paul McGinn's fractured cheekbone or whatever it is and Mika Bire. But you're okay, you've you got know, Bevis Mugabe to come his in. His lone spell, he's going so well and then he's injured. It's no, one, no one cares. Honestly, 01419511. Better if you could keep 11 men in the pitch. Well, that's true. Um, we'll get on to that referee later on. 01419511025. Thank you to Gary. Good time to call. What else are you thinking after the weekend's action? The last call on Make Me A Winner went to five rings unanswered. That is bad news in this game and it means someone missed out on a big win. A a huge win. Don't let that happen to you. We could make you the winner of £185,000 tomorrow when we make another call, but you need to be in that draw. Text YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate and you can enter at Clyde1.com. Online entries are £2 or call 0330 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this network competition are online and the entries since Caroline won on Thursday have rolled over. If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, Tuesday the 5th, answer within five rings say make me a winner straight away and the £185,000 would go into your bank account straight after the call text yes to 61025 you are the voice of Scottish football call 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger <coughs> Hanna are here at 0141-951-1025 Twitter at Clyde SSB I was just thinking when Roger was referencing some of Hugh Keevan's opinions um, about Celtic's performance at the weekend that reminded me did you see his he had his special snowshoes on no, and no, no, no. if you've not seen them he digs out his special uh, his special high tech trainers when it's snowing so that he can get here and then he, he, he changes shoes so that they're not wet in the studio have gone, you, for a, have, gone for a tennis lesson have you ever seen well? and we, we were trying to get to the bottom of when they were purchased and we're thinking that gen, they can't have been any time after the 80s look no. how old they look I've never seen I've never seen them in my life they're remarkable aren't they what were they called high take squash uh huh yeah people were sending me links to them and stuff all weekend and like predictions as to when they were they were purchased so um listen at least it's thawing out a bit isn't it he should be when fine when bagpipes with his high tech he should be fine for and later he, and he got a prediction right yesterday from Perth he did, As actually. he says himself, even a broken clock is right twice yeah, a day. Exactly. Let's bring in James, who's a Celtic fan in Port Glasgow, James. Brendan Rodgers was angry yesterday. Most of the fans we've had on, though not so much, they've kind of seen the positives of the second half. How do you feel? Uh, complete opposite, guys. Good evening, Andy, Roger. Hi, James. Hi, James. Um, let's go back to the start of the season with Celtic in the midfield. In every game up to now, one of the midfielders or two of the midfielders have been totally off the boil. Hikati had a real bad spell, he was injured, come back and was worse. Then he get better, then McGregor. All good players, McGregor, O'Reilly and Hitati are all good players, but one or two of them at the same time are going off the boil, and the other midfielders then, the work of the other three. This has been on for weeks and weeks. Watch the game yesterday. What did Colin, uh, what did McGregor do apart from score a goal? What did Riley do apart from score a goal? They were non-existent, non-existent. Uh, the goalkeeper situation is becoming a joke. Brendan Rodgers has quoted, it's not in his mind to look for a goalkeeper. Well, Brendan, you better call the glasses that I've got. 
because they're something far wrong. Johnson at right back hasn't been the same player since last year. Atate, good player, I hope he comes back. But it's a false dawn. It's a Jekyll and Hyde performance that we're having all year. Jekyll and Hyde. Some are playing well and others are just no at the races. Mm. See on, on McGregor, McGregor and O'Reilly though, I mean, I get what you're talking about because at halftime we were saying as well and we were winding Jim Duffy up because he said, well, I would actually just take Callum McGregor off, yeah. why not? And it allows you to be more attacking and then of course he goes and scores, right? Which is, that's the beauty of punditry. Um, but to say like, you know, apart from scoring a goal, it's still quite an important thing they did, James. Is it not a good thing that, that he kind of dragged the team through and, and him and O'Reilly got them out of it in the second half? I suppose so, but we've got far, we've got good players. We shouldn't be struggling Alex against St Johnson. And let's be honest, Awata came on and he made a difference. O came on and made a difference. And what's happened to the centre forward? Kyogo. He's went able. Well. He's no getting the chances because the boys are not doing the wing. They're going inside and said going outside and crossing the ball in. And uh, failures to make it better. And Brendan is a fantastic manager. I don't like slating the players, I really don't. But you've got to be honest and say, the midfield this season has not played consistently well, apart from one game, and that was at Ibrox where they won 1-0. If O'Reilly's not playing well, McGregor takes over the mantle. If he's not playing well, attack will take over. But with no his consistency, and you're talking about David Turnbull, I'm sorry, he has had that many chances and you're talking about um, Mercy Johnson. How many more chances are we going to hear this boy? Mm. But then he arguably I mean, changed the game guys. yesterday, though, didn't he? Sorry? But he arguably changed the game in, in a positive sense yesterday. Do you think so? Oof. Okay, he played well. Yeah. He might not get playing on Wednesday. He might play on Wednesday and have a stinker. And you'll notice he might get Johnson again. It's entirely yeah, po- that think, is entirely think, possible I, I would James, deny that James is making the point Some of the points That Hugh was making yesterday Now I think that is Hugh Just because Celtic Are eight points clear Does not mean Necessarily Everything in the garden Is rosy There can be problems In as well And I think James Is probably right I'm going to cut McGregor and O'Reilly A bit of slack Because they did Turn the game In Celtic's favour yesterday And I actually thought The second half They played well But Nobody's really nailed down That third Midfielder position This season um, because of the problems with Maeda and Abada, there's still question marks in those wide areas, albeit Lewis Palmer's played quite well. But I think James is right to look. Alistair Johnson hasn't played as well as he did in the second half of last season when he first came to Celtic. Don't know why. Um, Greg Taylor hasn't played as well as he did last season. Not really sure why. And and he's quite right. Kyogo's not played as well as he did in his first two seasons at Celtic. And James said he's not getting the chances. I think he is. And he was off target with a good couple at Perth yesterday that in previous seasons he would have put away um, James elaborate a bit more on the goalkeeper you, you were quite strong there you, you definitely think that's an area for improvement to put it lightly Listen, see if you're honest Joe Hart was a, a goalkeeper 20 years ago 10 years ago it's like old age sometimes you can't do what you did 5 years ago because you've not got the energy or the strength sometimes you can't do what you've done 6 months ago age is catching up with him but he's cautious in Europe, he's cautious in the Champions League, the Europa League, he's cautious in the Cup, he's cautious in the League. And Bregan says it's not in his mind to or a goalkeeper. Well, if he wants a goalkeeper, I'll come up and play for him because I could do better than Joe Hart. <laughs> well, I don't know, what, I don't know what, how good a goalkeeper you were 20 years ago. I also don't know how good Joe Hart was 20 years ago. Um, but it's clearly a, 
debatable one. Let's let's call it that. What did you make of his part in the goal that was conceded yesterday? Well, Roger said Gordon Strachan says if you tell somebody once and then you tell them twice, it's a problem. That for me, that was almost a carbon copy of the goal against Motherwell last week. Although not quite the same type of finish, but again, you know, Greg Taylor being goalkeeper side to try and block the room where Joe Hart. For me, if if you've got one of your defenders in between the goalkeeper and a striker, it's so that defender can clear the area so Joe Hart can come and collect the ball. Again, you, you look at both instances, I think he's almost stuck on his line. He's a bit in two minds whether to come or stay. Uh, and then again, you know, Brendan Rodgers mentioned the word bullied. I just don't think that Matt O'Reilly gets a good enough clearance. Obviously, makes a bit of a hash of it, clears it. But then I think Celtic have another sort of one, two, three opportunities to clear it. Ends up bundled over the line. So I think that would be a worry that they've uh, they've conceded the, the, the same the same goal twice in, in as many weeks. But I do think, listen, Joe Hart will be sitting having a completely different show if he doesn't make the save against Turner Coote in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that was a, an outstanding opportunity for St. John's. And I think Liam Scales' slight touch on it maybe takes a bit of the pace off it for, uh, for Turner Cook, but Joe Hart ends up coming with a, a big save at the end. Two, two things. If Brendan Rodgers says, yes, I'm actively looking for a goalkeeper, <laughs> then this show just goes into orbit. So he's never going to say he's actively looking that. for a goalkeeper. Should he? Is, I mean, that's James's well, point. Listen, look, look where we are. We're in December, Celtic are eight points clear, we'll soon be into the last six months of Joe Hart's contract. He is, I think, well into his 30s, what is he, Gordon, 35, 36 now? Um, Joe Hart won't be goalkeeper for Celtic next season. No, definitely not. I don't think so. This is only guessing. I could see Joe Hart going to the MLS or something and extending his career about three or four years over there. What did you make of the incident yesterday, the goal? It's not, it's not clever isn't it? It's not clever against Motherwell the week before It's not a clever goal He's lost He is still capable Sight the, the save Deep into stoppage time When Great it could save. have gone 2-2 It's a fantastic save He is still contributing I think Celtic Celtic are looking for players They've got a huge recruitment department Sometimes gets mentioned in the show And they will be looking for players In every position in the field Goalkeeper being one of them They'll have a different goalie next season Joe Hart will be the goalie until the end of this season Thank you to James It's that time of the night already Let's play Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football You know the drill Beat the pundit time You come on here You try and beat Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday Or Andy Halliday And you win yourself a money can't buy Signed one Signed Clyde one super scoreboard ball Easy for me to say You have to call 01419511025 Before 7 So let's hear from you 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde one super scoreboard Felt like a quick first hour with Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna Looking back on the weekend's action Talking about Rangers' performance Todd Cantwell coming into the team uh, What was good about it, what was not good about it Celtic fans been having their say Quite a lot of positivity initially uh, About the second half turnaround And then the caller before the break Not quite so positive Concerns over Joe Hart and various others If you want to agree or disagree with what you're hearing Now is a good time to call You could change the subject altogether What about Scotland's Euro draw? Has anyone spent their weekend on various travel websites trying to find flights and accommodation? Let us know. And, of course, any Hearts fans want to discuss the game at Rugby Park? St Mirren fans, the game at Ibrooks, maybe Motherwell fans. Fir Park is the place to be for goals, um, but you still need to get that win 
on the board. So 01419511025. Let's play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. I don't even want to know the last Monday that we didn't have a winner in the studio because these two are at it. In fact, I still haven't had chance to get proper sit-down talks over the minus two. It could be what I want for Christmas Is Roger Hanna to start on minus two No, no. I'm very easy to please It must be said Evan is in Clarkson How's it going Evan? Not bad thanks how are you? Not bad not bad First time on Beat the Pundit? It is yep Good 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 I mean fair, fair play to you It's a fairly difficult night Is it just about trying to Is it like a giant killing? Is this like a Scottish Cup thing? You want to just try and topple one of the The geniuses on the show? Right, well if you're going to do it You may as well Try and play the best out of you. I, said, I love your style. No credit in beating Gordon Dale. Do you know what I mean? I like yeah, the, the credit. I tell you what, what a discovery I've made about him this weekend. Oh yes. Um I'll need to share it with him later in the later in the week. Anyway, uh, heads it will be Andy Halliday and tails it will be Roger Hanna. No defeat in here since Monday the fourteenth of August. Really? Apparently, I don't even know if it was one of you two that was responsible, but it's heads. So it's Andy Ooh. Halliday. When was the last time you done one? By the way, been a while, hasn't it? Have you not done one recently, no? No, I think Andy's done the last two or three weeks. Oh, okay. Right, well, anyway, let's give Andy some greatest hits radio. He will be praying for Christmas music. No one loves Christmas as much as this guy. Uh, so let's give him some music to listen to. And that way, Evan, he can't hear us. You've got 30 seconds. You answer as many as you can. But if you want to pass and move on, you're more than welcome to do that, okay? Okay, doc. Let's go then. Your 30 seconds. Roger Hanna, can you put at least one of those earphones on? Because I can hear the music. Your 30 seconds starts... Now, who's the current Dunfermline manager? Name any of the English clubs Callum Davidson played for. Barnsley. How many Scottish Premiership managers have lost their job this season? Two. Who got the opener in the 3-3 between Motherwell and Dundee? Wilkinson. Hammy the Hamster is the mascot of which Scottish club? Who does Scotland face in their second Euro 2024 game? Hungary. Uh, Before heading to Liverpool, Ben Doak played for which Scottish club? Celtic. And what city will Scotland face Switzerland at Euro 2024? Stuttgart. Okay, let's bring back Andy Halliday. Can you hear us, Andy? Yes. Good, same set of questions. 30 seconds on the clock. And you're, oh, well, who's the manager of Dunfermline? Uh, James McPay. Name any English club Callum Davidson played for? Uh, Preston. How many Scottish Premiership managers have lost their jobs this season? Three. Who got the opener in the 3 3 between Motherwell and Dundee? Hammy the Hamster is the mascot of which Scottish club? Kelly. Who does Scotland face in their second Euro 2024 game? Uh, Hungary. Before heading to Liverpool, Ben Doak played for which Scottish club? Celtic. In what city will Scotland face Switzerland at Euro 2024? Uh, Cologne. <sighs> Without even counting it up, I like it, Evan, because it felt like you said different things to him and different questions. Do you think you've done enough? Nah, I think he's... I think there's not many wrong there so. What a game oh, it was What a game James McPake is the Dunfermline manager You both got it Callum Davidson played for Blackburn, Leicester and Preston Andy Halliday goes one in front Count them up with me Lee Johnson, Michael Beale, Steve McLean Malky Mackay Four managers have lost their jobs uh, My favourite stat about that is that Perhaps surprisingly My plan was to come in here and say and none in the English Premier League this season uh-huh. And they've just gone and sacked Paul Heckingbottom yeah. Just to ruin it all um, But anyway, so it's 2-1 to Andy 
Uh, it goes 3-1 to Andy because Mika Biret opened the scoring between Motherwell and Dundee. Connor Wilkinson got the equaliser, Evan, so I can see your, your thinking there. 3-1, Andy Halliday. However, Hammy the Hamster. You know, Hammy the Hamster. You know Ham- Hamilton, the- Hamilton, Hamilton. And I'm just moving on because the Kilmarnock mascot gets more airtime on this show Nuts. than any other mascot. And he always tweets in and I'm, yeah, What's that hamster though? Well, he's a squirrel It's a squirrel, he's a squirrel. Um, So one back 3-2 to Andy uh, Scotland face Hungary In their second Euro 2024 game uh, Did you get that Evan? Yes Yeah you did You Did you get that Andy? Yep. Yeah you both got it So what's Andy still up by one? Kind of lost track here I think um, Before heading to Liverpool Ben Doak played for Celtic You both got it and in what city will Scotland face Switzerland at Euro 24? Cologne. It's Cologne and Evan got it. Wow. Is that, is that five all? No, one by one. One, no. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five for Andy. One, two, three. No, I think... Mm, somebody needs to keep... Because the producer's confusing me here. Um, he says that that was a draw. I thought Andy won. What do you think, Evan? You can decide. Um, I think it was a draw at the what end. What was there. the first three? A late equaliser. Yeah, late equaliser. Yeah, five all. What, I think. what was the first right, three? You you went one up with Callum Davidson. You went two up on Bereth. He pulled one back Hamilton. Uh, you both got hungry. Yeah, so Stuttgart was the. That one by one. No. Oh, Stuttgart the answer. Yeah, Stuttgart the answer against oh. Switzerland. Yeah, it's Cologne, no. Oh my goodness! A, a live stewards inquiry. <laughs> Better yeah, so, be Cologne because I've booked Stuttgart already. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I thought you said Evan said Cologne. As Evan's well. booked it. Oh, I said the answer yeah. was Cologne, did I? Sorry, yeah. mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. That's the problem, right? Oh. Oh, what a mess. Right, here we are. Stuttgart. So there we go. Well done to Evan. Um, are you actually going, Evan? Are you? Yeah. Did you have it planned before and head your bets or did you book it the weekend? No, we booked it the weekend. Oh, did you get a good deal? No. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that bad? I've not even dared to look. Yeah, Stuttgart and Cologne aren't as bad as uh, Munich, but Munich's ridiculous. Right, hold on a minute. <laughs> this is a problem. I'll tell you, this is slick. This is awful because people are now in my ear saying it is, it is in Cologne. It is Cologne. Oh, I, I, was no. just, I was literally just checking that. I'm positive it's Cologne. Oh, they've taken it away from me, Evan. hope you've oh, not no. booked it. I hope city. you've not booked it because I've just double checked that is Cologne. So you've booked Stuttgart? I hope not, I'll need to go and double check <laughs> <laughs> This is where it was confusing But we just go to the tiebreaker for good fun You can have the victory Aye, no problem, on man. your And you're a brutal tiebreak spy Let's do it this is, this is great, I mean I must admit like The question is How many euros did Evan pay for his trip to Stuttgart? That, exactly, I don't know if Evan wants to answer that, that question Right, your tiebreaker is this um, How many different nationalities have won the Scottish PFA Player of the Year award? Andy, write your answer down How many different nationalities have won Scottish PFA Player of the Year award? Okay, what are you going for, Evan? Nine Oh, wow. Andy's gone eight, easy for me to figure out Evan wins, he has the ceremonial victory because it's 13 would you believe of Italian, Japanese, Dutch, Swedes, Australian, Danish, Honduran, Northern Irish, Norwegian, so on and so forth. Um, Evan, enjoy Stuttgart or Cologne or Munich or <laughs> Madrid, wherever you end up. Um, keep us keep us up to date. I'm jealous of everyone that's already uh, got their trip planned. Good man, thanks for phoning in. Thank you. Good Thank man, you. that was Evan on the line. He, uh, to be fair, he's unlucky because I've just checked in Hungary, Stuttgart. 
Well, listen, we only play in three cities, which you would like to think that we, in here, whoever wrote the questions, wouldn't therefore get the three cities mixed up. Yeah. But that is, that, I, I feel for him, he's incredibly unlucky. That I would, if you asked me hungry, I wouldn't have got stuck up. <sighs> I, I seen Cologne earlier. Honestly, the things you have to go through, the drama, <laughs> the trauma you have to go through and beat the pundit. I'm sure, though, when you take this camper van, who's going to be navigating for you? Who's going to be... I quite like that. You see that Gordon, Gino and Fred thing, the three of them oh, together. brilliant. Yeah. I think we could do that. I, I think you could do it. Gordon, Gordon, Hugh and Mushroom. Oh, But you need to so decide much. who's in the passenger. Who's the Gino? Who's in the passenger seat navigating? There's so much to dislike about that. Because who would pick the music out of those... Who would navigate out of those? We could play the Dazzler's top ten. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen the photographs of Dazzler in a camper van with Joe Longthorn. Uh, I mean, it would have to be Wilson, eh? On all of those jobs. Hugh can't drive. He's not navigating. Yeah, he'd need to be in the back. He'd be the Fred. I am not for a second listening to Joni Mitchell and whoever else he likes. Tony Bennett. But I wouldn't like DL's music either. I don't even know what Wilson listens to, but it can't be any worse. He has to navigate. They too can get stuck in the back. For sure, go to. Do you know, I'm just not a big music fan, really. really. Well, like, I like it as much as the kind of next average guy, but I don't, I'm not like that way that I've got like mm. loads of favourite bands or anything like that, really. More of a podcaster. Yeah. More of a speech but radio you, you or get, podcast. You can get like a few podcasts too. played. Yeah. Leaving, how long is it going to take to get from Clyde Bank to Stuttgart in a camper? Aye, a while. We could, do, we could do the full season's worth of Clyde 1 Super Scrum Rogers, podcast. Big Tony Orlando. <laughs> what is it? Three knocks. <laughs> that's right, that's your karaoke song, isn't you, it? You two never let this go, do you? When can't was ha- that? Did we not play a clip of you yes, singing in karaoke? Can't Harvey's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> That's right, what, what was the script there? So we someone well, videoed you singing karaoke Cat, Cat Harvey did, and yeah, sent we, it into We us. were at a birthday party one night and I was foolishly lured <laughs> toward the microphone. <laughs> Cat Harvey recorded it and then slipped it surreptitiously uh-huh. to you pair. And what's the, and it was played what's the song night. again? So Tony Orlando, what's it? No, I'm, <laughs> three, it's like three knocks. No, 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 Orlando. I'm, I'm not digging, this hole's deep enough, I'm not helping dig it. Knock three times, that's what it is. Knock three times, you're right. Yeah. I like it. Okay. It's Sunday dawn. It's what Tony Orlando and Don. And Don. <laughs> it's what Hugh Keevans, <laughs> Tony Orlando and Rog, as we call it. It's, it's what Hugh Keevans would describe as a good old-fashioned 70s floor filler. <laughs> he would get up in the high-tech squash. Did you take uh, Lady Keevans for a, did the, a boogie? Did so the crowd get the old three knocks with the chorus? They, they, they did. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what you want. Did you? Um, so that's his karaoke song. Did you have to do like initiation song or whatever at, at harps? I did the Luther Van Dross never too much. Uh-huh. I can't yeah, yeah. say I can't say I've got the voice to back it up. But <laughs> what an ambitious choice! Well, listen, you've got to go for it if you're, if you're doing yeah, it. Go yeah. for it. And is that would that be your go-to? I mean, was that your initiation song at Rangers, or mm. have you have you got like a back catalogue that you like to rotate? I just what mood I'm in. I right. might go for like I just I think your your Oasis and. I, I like mm-hmm. my Arctic Monkeys. I, I can see myself singing a Mardi bum wherever, wherever I go. But I wonder if this guy's Dave, got a bit of hidden Dave, talent because that's um, David Field. Too... David Field's an Oasis man. Yeah, see, and yeah. that's a crowd pleaser. I yeah, think that, these, yeah. are, these are simple choices. Um, what's the best you've heard? Is there yeah, anyone? Stephen Humphreys sang Lewis Capaldi, someone you loved, and it was Seriously? It was Stephen Capaldi. I mean, his voice is incredible. So this was on loan last season, last back year, down yeah. to Wigan, scored from the halfway line, and sings incredible. like Lewis Capaldi. Honestly. Seriously, best footballer Ridiculous. I ever heard. Adam yeah, Matthews he was well known for it. Celtic. He wasn't he was Fantastic. known for it, wasn't he? Was there not a video of that? Yeah. He sang I'm, it once. Honestly, honestly, sang Chris Brown honestly Stephen Humphrey's even better. I've seen that yeah. video and brilliant, but I am a that that is that's impressive. 
Because you're not going for a Lewis Capaldi song, are you? You're going for something a bit easier. Oh, yes. A bit more of a crowd pleaser. Yes. Than Fair play to him he had that in his locker, did he? It, really, really good. He, he, he also sang it, we had a Christmas night out once, and he sang it in a restaurant, and people were greeting and all that. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, ah, I can't can believe, believe it. it? It doesn't, I don't know what, even know what I mean by this, but I'll say it anyway. It doesn't look like Aye. it either. So, anytime after that, the neck tattoos, got and the neck tattoos a lot. So, anytime after that, where somebody had to do an initiation song, we just got humps up to sing it again. I'm just going to sing it again, mate. You don't want to go after him, though. No, I know, but well, we would leave that to the end. Just to clarify like with you, Gordon, as well, we were in a restaurant for Gordon Dale's 60th, and there were people greeting as well. That's for a, a completely different reason. <laughs> It was a nightmare that night. Oh, jeez, <laughs> what a pest. Anyway, 01419511025. Um, you can talk about whatever you want. I mean, we should probably keep it football uh, if we can. I have actually lost track of which city Scotland are playing in. I know the first one's in Munich. Um, so if you want to get your thoughts in, anyone else like Evan, I always feel awkward and I was like, I kind of wanted them to ask how much he'd paid for his flights. But you don't like to talk money on the radio. Do well, you know hopefully, I mean? the Switzerland he didn't book. Does he need to? Yeah. Does he need to enter? Make me a winner to, to fund this trip. That's what I, I need to know. So, if there's anyone out there that wants to talk Scotland, you can do that as well, and you can reflect on the weekend's action. Um, in fact, I'll tell you what, let's do that now, and we'll go back to the weekend because Matthew, he's a Celtic fan. He sounds like he's from this part of the world, uh, but he's from Nuremberg, Germany. How's it going, Matthew? I'm good, thank you, uh, Gordon. Uh, I'm nice to, to be on. My first time calling in. This makes me. I'm always nosy when this happens. So, what's the story? Where are you from? How long have you been there? What's what's the script? Um, there's a, a group of us that uh, live over here. We work for various companies out here, but I've been over in Nuremberg for eight years now. And uh, there's a group of us that all go to the local football pub, the King's Arms, and we watch watched all the Scotland game, watched all the. Uh, the qualifiers together and because it's the twin city with Glasgow in, in Germany and we're just an hour up the road from Munich we thought we'd uh, call in and invite you all to come for a few days of German activities before the, the games kick off We are there Alison don't need any second invitation um, what did you make of it then you, so you're, you're the expert if it might give you get you on weekly between now and then um, any advice to Scotland fans where they should stay all that sort of stuff What's um, how excited were you when you saw the draw I mean, everyone here was buzzing, or our group guys were buzzing when we saw the draw, so even speaking to the Germans in work today, they're slightly shaky because they know that Scotland have performed well and the Germans aren't too confident about their football team with the, the past few qualifiers. So, no, we're absolutely buzzing to have the, uh, the, uh, the Tartan Army coming so close, so... Yeah, we can't wait for it. Yeah, it would have been good anyway. And then, like you say, that fixture, when it came out in that order and, and we realised that it would be game one, the opening... Opening game of the the tournament, is that safe to say that you know on one hand Matthew that the host nation sometimes get a boost and they can be difficult to play. The German team's not in a, in a great place. What what is the the local mood? Um, I think they think that every game that they play at the moment they're going to lose. So I think to be coming up against us, where we're going to be obviously so excited to be part of the uh, part of the opening game and playing such a big game, kicking it off like that. I think. Uh, yeah, they're not looking forward to it. It's definitely us that are going to be going into that game with more of a, a spring in our step than the, than the host nation. So we don't still get overlooked, underestimated? No, I think also all the Germans over here, Germans hold quite an, a fond uh, place in the heart for Scottish people. The way like they, they, they view us as quite, um, quite like an, a good country and yeah, they all take to the, the Scottish coach quite well. So I think that... Uh, they don't really kind of overlook us. I mean, I'm sure when it comes to the football, they'll still 
fancy their chances against us, but they're definitely not not confident going into the tournament. This should be the tiebreaker on beat the pundit. How many gallons of beer will be consumed in combination of Scotland fans and and German fans? I take it you're going to tell us, Matthew. It's just is this the is this the perfect host country for a tournament? It feels like there's so much excitement about it. I think it is, and I think that Munich for the opening game is going to be some amount of good beer drank that that day. So uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it, and looking forward to getting Hugh Evans and a pair of Lederhosen with the hush puppy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the high techs on! Imagine, um, what did you make of the draw? Well, the yeah. there were, uh, if you remember, my dream draw. Germany was who I wanted for pot one. So, but I don't, I don't think it's an easy group. I think there was harder groups out there, and I think there was easier groups out there. I think Hungary's a nightmare for pot two. I think they're just one of the up and coming nations with a lot of uh, young players. They've done really, really well in the qualifying phase, but again, you know, teams, uh, countries have got there for a reason. I just think Germany, they're not the the workman like Germany that we've seen in major tournaments in the past. They've struggled the last couple of major tournaments. They've not had a competitive fixture for, for a long period of time. They've got a new manager, so there's a lot more questions. Uh, for them and I just think getting that draw brilliant how many eyes are going to be in that opening fixture and the fact that we're going to be a part of it is amazing Roger thoughts I think I think it's a terrific draw it's got a wee bit of everything um, there's the glamour of the first game I still remember France 98 that first game against Brazil in the Stade de France people still talk about it it's going to be a magnificent occasion the eyes of the world are going to fall on Steve Clark and his players against the Germans in Munich and there's just that little bit as Andy says, a little bit that makes you think there's a result there. And listen, Hungary and Switzerland are going to be awkward opponents, but we could have had a lot worse out of both pot two and pot four. I've gone from being excited about the Euros to never wanting to say the name of any German host city ever again. See, when you thought Beat the Pundit was a shambles, mm-hmm. I don't think you realised just quite how much of a shambles it was. I'm going to find out who wrote these questions and I'm going to lock them in a room with Hugh Keevans for a day and feed them unlimited tins of beans Go on um, Because The second game Is against Switzerland Yeah Not Hungary As we said In the previous question And then the, It's Scotland-Hungary In the last game And that's the one That's in Stuttgart Yeah, yeah? So Scotland-Switzerland Is in Cologne I'm lost I'm lost No 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 Yeah yeah it is But we also said That who does Scotland play Second in the group Right Yeah mm-hmm. And it's not hungry. It's Switzerland. But you said hungry. Yeah. Oh, did I? I'm gone. Let's just can we delete that beat the pundit from the archives? I think we give. Was it from Evan? the? He's getting a ball. Yeah, I regardless. Ball. What a shambles, honestly. Oh, I could have just moved on and pretend it didn't happen. Basically, so but far this Swi- season now. Switzerland Cologne. <laughs> yes. So far this uh, season, Cologne. there no. are four managers have lost their jobs in the Scottish gone. Prem. One manager's lost his job in the EPL, and two producers have just lost their job at Super <laughs> Scoreboard. Honestly, head's gone. Head is absolutely mm. gone. Wow. Uh, right, Matthew, we will hold you to that. So, me, DL, Wilson, Keevans, Halliday, Hannah, whoever else fancies it, you'll put us up. You'll welcome oh. us with open arms. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as the uh, advice to Scotland fans as well, that Nuremberg's just up the road from uh, Munich, so if they're looking for a bit of a cheaper place, they can't all stay at my place, but there's plenty of cheaper places in Nuremberg. <laughs> Do you have but a drive we- for the camper van? Is there enough room for the camper van up your drive? That's all we need to know. 
Definitely Excellent uh, On that Any camper van Hire companies Want to reach out And we can maybe Do something together Get in touch 01419511025 We'll take more of your calls next Cash for Kids Mission Christmas With J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier Structural steel specialist Changing landscapes Across the UK Andy Halliday told you Was that two weeks ago That you had your Christmas tree up? Maybe three Nah, it can't have been It can't have been three No, I think it is two, um, two yeah. But it's certainly the Christmas season it's, I mean, it's official now You're in December The advent calendars are out And all the rest of it And Mission Christmas is very much upon us This is where it gets really interesting as well Because of course we're trying to make a difference to local children That will always be a priority But you really get to gain something from this as well Talk about ultimate win-win scenarios here We have got an unbelievable prize for you, thanks to Arnold Clark, it's a BMW 1 Series, like an actual car, a BMW 1 Series, and it could be yours, M Sport bodywork, digital cockpit, Apple CarPlay, heated sports seats, it's all there, and you could make a difference to the lives of, Gla- of children in Glasgow in the West and win the car at the same time, I-, I cannot see a downside. For your chance to win, you text CAR to 84901, that is CAR to 84901. 901. The text costs your standard network rate message plus £5 donation. So a fiver to cash for kids and you might win a brand new BMW. Like I say, win-win doesn't even cover it. Entries close at 6pm on Saturday the 16th of December. It's over 18s only. Full T's and C's at Clyde1.com. No point in hanging around and risking it until then though. Text CAR to 84901. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy just he's just double-checking that he's still won on Beat the Pundit. Um, there's so much chaos about which... Do you want to just for once and for all just quickly read Scotland's three fixtures yeah, and never the, mention the it o- again? The opening games against Argentina and Barcelona. <laughs> no. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, the opening game is in Munich against the hosts, Germany, on 14th of June. The second game is against Switzerland in... On the 19th And then we finish against Hungary On the 23rd In Stuttgart And then after that It'll be our last 16 game At a venue Still to and be decided we'll get to the final And all that sort of stuff um, Just to add to the chaos I mean surely All, we'll, all 8 o'clock kick-off as well Gordon Surely we'll get this right uh, Yeah we're prime time aren't we Yeah prime time team By the way I've been to Germany on holiday You we were talking about beer And how many gallons The local beer Berlinger is that your recommendation? Oh, yeah. That's great. And so, all the tartan army out there got in the bell ringer. Please drink responsibly, etc. Et why, uh, why are you in the bench most Saturdays? Because <laughs> I caught you Germany. Because he prefers <laughs> Berlinger to Pilates, we discovered earlier on. When, uh, we, when we get closer and the excitement's beginning to build, <coughs> I'll talk you through my long weekend in Germany with Hugh Keevens many, many moons ago. Oh, jeez, that sounds ominous. Right, let me give you this question, which hopefully is right. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. What a question this is. Sent in by the Crazy Pony. It is extremely difficult, I think. Can you name the last ten players who played in Scotland at the same time as their international teammate won a Ballon d'Or? How good a question is that? Where do you even begin? I need, to, I need to write it though. It's a right. Can you name the last ten players who played in Scotland at the same time as one of their international teammates won a Ballon d'Or? Wow, 
That's a really good one. It is, isn't but, it? But they had they obviously had to have played for the national team with them. They must so, have been capped in the same so, game, right? At some point. So Bernabe can't the, be one. The one I'm thinking of, Pedro Mendes, when Ronaldo won it. No, but Bruno Alves. No. Oh, that's a tough one. I like it though. I like yeah, it. Pal, Fabio oh, sorry. My apologies. Bruno Alves is sorry. Right. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. I just okay. missed him out. Yep. There we go. Didn't see him on the list. Bruno Alves. Yeah, well done. Also, not get a tap cap. You're back through Ballon d'Or's back in the day. That's good though, I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's a cracker mm-hmm. that. So, that would be quite recently. So in 2017, Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or. Alves was at Rangers, yeah, right? Is that so the most recent? It is not, actually. Because no. it tended to be shared out between Messi and Ronaldo. Exactly. So if you're looking for recent ones, there's only one other, really. So is it Fabio Cardoso? No. Said, apart from Messi and Ronaldo... They always put a World Cup oh, tax now, on these things. Luka Modric and the Borna Barisic. Yes. Wow. That's a brilliant question, that. Crazy ponies, a man. Any more for Luka Modric? Juranovic. No. No. Not at the same time. He didn't play in Scotland at that point. Oh, but there right. was one more. Forget um, about this guy. Croatian? It's not Cholak. No. No, it's not at the same time. Right. So, who? which Croatians were in Jelovic? Scotland? In 2018, that's what you need oh, to figure out. Because when when um, Modric oh, was Nico Kranjka? No, <laughs> was that Celtic defender Ooh. on loan? Actually, quite good at times. But I think he's oh, sort of. Um, oh, mm-hmm. yep, him. <laughs> no, no, I can sense he's going to get it. 2018, <sighs> that would be Brendan Rodgers' first time at the club. It was the big lad <laughs> centre half who came up on loan. Benkovic Right, let's We're going to speak to Craig in a second Let's bring in Peter uh, Who's a Celtic fan What are you thinking tonight, Peter? Good evening, Roger, Andy and Gordon Hi, Peter, Hello. Um, Hi, Peter. Thank, thank you for having me on the show um, No, it's just in relation to, to we're to- First of all, I'd like to say We're still top of the league uh, we're un- And we're still undefeated So you know, I think things are going pretty well. Um, not, uh, but Andy, about Mikey Johnson um, conversation earlier on, uh, not just tonight, but there's been several times where supporters have come on and say, you know, how many chances does this lad need to have? Actually, this this lad's been hell and back with injury. And any time... I thought you were talking injury, about his loan spell in Portugal there. I thought it might be a perfectly nice part of the world, Peter. Pardon? Oh, never mind. It wasn't that funny anyway. Um, so you've got Faith and Mikey Johnson coming back and making an impact. Yeah, this this guy's been to hell and back. And, and, and um, any time that he, when he is injury-free, he, he, t- he really does turn on style. He's a hugely talented player. And until the previous injury that he got, which was, I don't know, you know last year, the year before... He, he was he was on the crest of a wave. That this guy's a real talent. So it's not it's not really a case of how many chances um, has he had. It's a case of how many times has he been injured. Now, see if Mikey Johnson can remain injury free. It'll be like a new signing, and I just want to know what the panel think of that. Well, listen, I remember was it was it Brendan Rodgers that gave me a initial opportunity, or certainly in, in the yeah, first spell of Brendan Rodgers, yeah. he was. He was no, he was coming between a peripheral figure to start getting a lot of chances. I remember in the Champions League qualifiers, he was getting a lot of games. Uh, but you're right, he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, clearly, he was a player with a lot of potential and a lot of promise coming through. Uh, you see with the type of the type of play he is. I think he's the type of 
uh, a profile that excites fans. He's somebody that you want to watch. He gets on the ball. He's positive. He dies forward. Uh, but obviously, he's, he's, uh, his chances have been limited because of his injuries. But I always feel like there's a reason he's still been kept at the club for all these years. It's almost as if Celtic know how much potential is in there. They know they've got a player, but you just want them to try and get that run again where, where he doesn't break down with any unfortunate injuries again. Um, Peter's got a lot of faith in talking about being a new signing and you know thinks that it could you know make a real positive impact. Um, it's it, that, it's a bold statement. I've no idea yeah, if listen, it's true. Listen, he's only twenty four years of age. We still get time on his side. Um, I don't think any of us are doubting Michael Johnson's abilities. The problem for Michael Johnson has been staying fit to get a run of games in the team. Every time he just seemed to be about to take off in his Celtic career, he had another fitness problem. It's a bit like. You know, Rangers supporters will come on to this show and talk about Kamar Roof. It's the exact same thing. He's shown loads and loads of promise. Supporters get really, really excited. And then there's an injury problem and he, and he misses a period of time. So uh, he's shown well in his appearances for the Republic of Ireland since he's played for them internationally. Scored goals, looked okay at that level. So I don't doubt for a minute Mikey Johnson has the ability to make an impact and contribute at Celtic. It's about staying fit and giving himself the chance to show that to other people. Um, but Peter, once Abada's back and Maeda's back and they're back in training, do you think we actually will see much of Mikey Johnson? Do you think he can hold them off as well? Well, it's, it's a squad game. You, you, you need you need a squad. And Abada's had injuries. Um, you, you do need... Co- you really should need cover in every position. I, I think in that, I think in January, you'll see some big moves by Brendan Rodgers in the market. Um, you had a caller on earlier on um, who was talking about the team talk at uh, the weekend against St Johnston and the comparison he made was the team talk to a bunch of 21-year-olds now compared to maybe a team talk that he would have had a while ago. I think I, I personally think Celtic, I think the, 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 the projects need to be limited we, and I think we need to buy some growing-up players and I actually think we also need a bit of muscle there as well. Um, we're, we're quite short in a few areas of the pitch but we need balance uh, there's been far too many projects um, and I, I honestly think in January I, I think you'll see Brendan Rodgers really make his mark and, and he'll make. I think he'll make a big statement We'll see on that actually that feeds in nicely like that Peter you'd think you and I had planned this before the show because you, you've led us on perfectly to a really good a really interesting clip from Brendan Rodgers today um, which feeds into Issues or potential issues around recruitment because he says that Mike Navrotsky and Gustav Lagerbielka need to keep working hard and showing personality in training. He said they're both fit, they're both available. He's just not seen enough to pick them, basically. And he says those are the things that can edge an out of favour player in towards his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think these are young players. I, I think it's, it's not just about muscle. You need experience. I'd like to see a couple of guys in there who are maybe 26, 27, yeah. 28 years old. I'll tell you what, let's hear that actually. I think we can hear it. I think that lets us, you know, have a bit of context. Let's hear that clip. I think it's always personality. I think that, uh, as I said, the, the young players that are coming in, there's obviously clearly players ahead of them. But what always takes my attention is is training. You know, I'm out there every day watching training. And when I see players train and work with that personality, then they'll always edge the way closer to my thinking. I said before, it's clear our, our squad is, is quite big, so there's there's players that have been ahead of them. Unfortunately for the likes of uh, Mike and Gustav Scales, he came into the team and, and really took his opportunity coming in. Uh, we get Nat Phillips 
He's been brilliant since he's been here, been a real great positive influence. And it's the one area of the team that you don't necessarily want to change too much, especially when both players are fit, because it's all about the uh, the two players playing. So I think for any any player, it's all about what they do in training, and that is all they can do. You know, you, you can't get too disappointed if you're working hard, and uh, and hopefully those opportunities come for you. It's quite something. Roger Hanna because people have been saying in recent weeks you know oh, where are Lager Bielka and Navrotsky you know, maybe they're injured and all this sort of stuff but very clearly explained by Brendan Rodgers not up to it yet what, what is, that, that, that's not good and nearly 8 million quid between the two of them yeah it's really interesting what will be more interesting and Peter will agree with us what Celtic do in January because there has been a focus on development players younger players who come in at a certain cost be developed and then be sold on at a profit and now looks as if rather than just doing this as part of the policy this seems to be 100% of the policy you know when was the last time Celtic Peter touched on it when did Celtic last go and spend you know six, mm-hmm. seven, eight million pounds on a 27 and a 28 year old to mm-hmm. improve the team yeah. there and then even though you know you're going to take a financial hit on that but, player but those two examples then fine Knock, knock a couple of years off Knock a million or two off And that's what you've got Andy Yang might be a project Right Quan might be a project Tilio might be a project Lagerbielka is a Swedish international And Navrotsky was A mainstay for Liga Warsaw And they paid millions of pounds for him They're a touch young But they were they were not project signings They were, right. they were main <laughs> signings And Neither of them can get in the squad. I think in Lagabielka's case, it's four million pounds. That right for me, if you're signing a centre half for four million pounds, I'm expecting him to play 25, 30 games in a season. And I get it; he's had injuries, but he's been back long enough now to to force his way back in. And like he says, he's not even making the bench at times. And uh, it was interesting uh, hearing Brendan Rodgers talk about well, uh, how you train, your enthusiasm towards training is how you get into my team or, or, or force my way back into your plans. And I think that sort of coincides with Callum McGregor's post-match interview when he talks about Mikey Johnson this is how good he goes he goes to be fair he's training like that for three weeks so obviously Mikey Johnson for two three weeks in training has trained the way he has edged his way back into his plans and I think the two you've mentioned will need to be doing the same it does say a lot as well about Liam Scales because Liam Scales has come back to the club from Aberdeen did very well at Aberdeen last season don't think any of us thought Liam Scales was going to be in the team ahead of Naroki ahead of Lagerbiel ahead of Nat Phillips who's come on loan from Liverpool and his experience in the English Premier League with Liverpool so it doesn't look great for Naroki or Lagerbiel at the minute but fair play to Liam Scales and and I do think even if you're, if you're spending three and a half four million pounds on a young guy like that that's still part project because you know, you're not going to spend three and a half, four million pounds on somebody that's better mm. than Cameron Carter Vickers. It's someone who's going inside them, though. Yes, it's someone who's there. going to go and come and compete and get in the team. But the projects only work if you can get mm. these players into the team, improve them, and sell them. You're not going to sell any of these players at a profit if they're sitting at Lennoxton training and doing nothing else. Well, if you have any thoughts, this would be a good time to share them. Thank you very much to Peter on the line. What are you thinking then? We're looking for 10 players, the last 10 who played in Scotland at the same time as their international teammate won a Ballon d'Or. They must have been capped in the same game. So like Bruno Alves was at Rangers when Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or. Barisic was at Rangers when Modric won the Ballon d'Or. Benkovic was at Celtic. Dom Thomas of Queen's Park fame is trying furiously, frantically to get one of the answers. He's given me a few wrong ones so far. Uh, Stefan Givas? Yes. Give me the detail. 
Uh, would have been nine, uh, 98, roughly? Yeah, 98. Zidane, Zidane won it. Zidane. Zidane. You know what he does now? I don't. Sells swimming pools. Oh, does he? If you're looking for a swimming pool for Halliday Towers. Well, phone, my, flat's, phone, my flat's definitely not big enough for a swimming pool. Anymore. That's for sure. Um, we wondered about, we're trying to get back to World Cups. You tend to yep. get World Cup mm -hmm. winners. The other Ronaldo, 2002, Janino? No. Ah. No, and no, then no. we wondered the next World Cup was 2006. No, not Cannavaro no, no, and Gattuso. No, no. no. You, you, need to make, to, you need to do more work in the 90s and right. early 2000s. Right, okay, okay, okay. No, you've done that. I was going to say Claudio Canigia, no. but no, no, no. Uh, do you know what? The, the, the power of this show, do you know, we've already um, had Derek give us a call. Um, from central camper vans or Scotland campers to say that they rent motorhomes yeah. and they would be delighted to put Hugh Keevans, Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson in one and send them off to Germany in the summer. I can see it happening. I can see that mm. th this could become a thing. Yeah, incredible. Don't get me wrong, um, Mr. Boss at Clyde1HQ, if you want to send business class flights instead, that, that'll be fine. Um, but just you know, just to let, let us know that we've got options out then there. And the theme tune could be knocked three times on the chemical <laughs> toilet door. <laughs> on that <laughs> bombshell, uh, let's get back to you in a second with Craig, who's on the line after these. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde1 Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna, Andy Halliday are here. Great question. Uh, we've got on the teaser tonight. Thanks to the Crazy Pony for sending in and to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions, East Kilbride, for helping us out. Can you name 10 players who played in Scotland and at the same time their international teammate won a Ballon d'Or? Stefan Givarsh was in Scotland when Zidane won the Ballon d'Or. Bruno Alves with Cristiano Ronaldo. Barisic and Benkovic with Luka Modric. Did you get any during the break? Well, we're walking back tournaments. We've got Stephen Gandhi, got Stephen Givans from France 98, Euro 96. Yes, good idea. The Germans won. I think it was Matthias Sammer. It was. So I got, I hope it's correct, Andy Tom. Yep. And Andy got George Alberts. George Alberts. Well done. Then okay. we thought there was a couple of English players. You said early 2000s. Did Beckham win one and nope. Owen? Hey, Michael Owen, Owen, Owen. Owen. Around that time, we thought. There was one cap for Steve Guppy. Oh, oh no, now you two are showing off. Steve Guppy was at Celtic when Michael Owen won the Ballon d'Or and Guppy got capped in the same game as Owen. There you go. Incredible. But uh, I'm sure Beckham won. Nobody, no teammates of Beckham's, no. I don't think Beckham won the Ballon d'Or. No. Is there an answer early 2000s? Not really, no. No. Are all further okay, back now? You've just not, you've not finished the Zidane connection. And there is one other Ballon d'Or winner that you've not touched on yet, so and it is incredible to think this this France, guy would be mentioned in this question, France given how bad he was here. We'll get back to it. Um, Craig and Glenn Boyd's been hanging on ages. Sorry, Craig. What's your point tonight? No problem, Gordon. Thanks, Gordon. Andy, Roger, Hi, Craig. Call. Pleasure. Uh, it's just going back to going to Germany. Oh, what you got? Oh, I've got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's good, Mummy. My mate Stuart, even before we we beat Spain, he actually went online and he booked through Booking.com, he booked about twenty hotels. Before we beat Spain? Yes. Was yes, it just ago? Great, great faith, I must admit. Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I actually couldn't believe it. So he booked about twenty hotels. He booked the flights. So basically the the hotel we've got now is I think it's just about twenty minutes from Munich, I think. It's like a big 
massive veranda, living room, dining room, kitchen, three bedrooms. If you have to book that just now, I think it's going at four thousand three hundred. Right. We got it for just under nine hundred oh, euros. Wow. Well like, done. I've heard the folk booking, you know, after Norway even or Cyprus, but yeah, Spain the, what the flights? The flights also, Gordon. I think the flights now are going for like six, seven hundred pounds. Yeah. I think we got the flights for one eighty, one ninety. Oh, so basically man. we're going to we're going to Germany for it was nine days, but because of the way the games have worked out now, we only be booked an extra night <laughs> like only yesterday. So we're going for ten ten oh. nights and it's costing us basically about five hundred pounds. Oh, okay. I am uh, I am so jealous of that. I'm not really a jealous person. That is that's spectacular. It is incredible, but you never factored in the three and a half thousand pounds you're going to spend on Berlinger. That's true. Please drink responsibly. Um <laughs> how many are you grown, Craig? Yeah, there's four years going. That's amazing. Oh, so what a time we're going to have. So, you'd be delighted with the draw then, I take it? Oh, couldn't, couldn't believe it. Actually, so just opening up again, Jeremy. That, how, how can you beat that? That's just going back to the France, isn't it? So, oh, brilliant. Do you know what, Greg? I'm going to get, I'm going to get you back on. I'm, I'm going to get you back on at some point because I, I want to hear more. And we're very near the end of the show And I need to squeeze another call in But that is sensational Thanks for sharing it I'm going to speak to you again for sure uh, Before the Euros Let's bring in Mark Very quick into the show Trying to squeeze a lot in Mark's in Mary Hill How are you Mark? I'm very well thanks Thanks for having me on um, Pleasure last minute. What are you thinking? Um, what it was Earlier on It's about the, the women's game um, Earlier on I heard in the news England, Scotland are playing England tomorrow Yes And they were questioning the Scottish ladies Um Commitment to the Scottish team mm-hmm. And they say Because if Scotland beat England Some of those um, women Won't qualify To play for The Olympics mm-hmm. Now I didn't know why The producer <laughs> told me But it's just to Speak about it To let everyone else yeah. know Because I was stunned To find out That England Need to win this group For Scottish English Irish And Welsh women to qualify for the Olympics Yeah I mean there's a whole uh, Political can of worms We could open But th- that is it For anyone who doesn't know the story It's quite remarkable um, I mean I'm, the, the scrutiny this would get In the men's game I suppose When you look at it that way Scotland and England Are in the same Nations League group England are the nominated nation For the Olympics For Team GB So England wow. So the, the basics As Mark says If Scotland beat England tomorrow The Scotland players Would be doing themselves Out of the chance to make the Olympic team Essentially Roger So if yeah. England If England don't win this group the If England don't win the group GB won't qualify For the Olympics um, But naturally If we do win Where would we play Stuttgart or Cologne <laughs> <laughs> um, But naturally The Scotland players Are all saying the right things today As you would expect I don't think You know I think that the Dutch manager Caused a bit of trouble Suggesting Oh well, you know, Maybe Scotland will Take the foot off the gas yeah, Maybe Scotland I, don't care If they get beat then I never really understand The politics of it I remember going back To London 2012 When it was the men's team And again England Were the sort of Nominated side if you want And the SFA refused To put any Scotland players Forward for it So it was a team That was Maybe, pre- for, the, maybe for the best Well p- potentially It was predominantly Full of England Or Scots and Clare Played yeah, in the team Some Welsh players Some London. Welsh yeah. players Played as well So <clears> I never really can Quite get my head round But that's, football that, that's weird though Isn't it Andy So that, that's it In a nutshell Without Bizarre Making it too confusing Can I come back in there guys? Very quickly Mark go on It was just to say Well when they were doing the draw Why did they put Scotland and England women together If they knew this Well yeah That's it 
That's the I question. Maybe you yeah. come to me. That was my point. It's like they UEFA one competition. I always see another competition that. Yeah, but you yeah. got to. I mean, it's unforeseen. It's frustrating, and um, you never know. Can it be an interesting night at Hamden tomorrow? Hopefully, Scotland can win, and then the rest just takes care of itself. Thank you, though, Mark. Good, good question to end on. Um, right, you've got three more to get. Right. What are you giving me? Zidane. Is it Lino Charboni? It is. Who was in the squad and won a, got a World Cup And one medal. other But you'll never get it No offence Even you two Right let's move on Who won the one, Ballon d'Or 99? 99? So oh, That's an in-between Major finals year So it's just a great Great season from at um, Barcelona Brazilian Brazilian at Barcelona Rivaldo Rivaldo Who would play with Rivaldo? Emerson Not been many Brazilians Emerson. In Scotland in the late 90s Not Rafael <coughs> Rafael Oh yeah Unbelievably Wow Raphael Right well that's that one done Shide. then Shide uh, And the last one I'd, I must admit well, I must say uh, well, If I get it It could no, be that he's not though. getting it He's not getting it Well Go for it No Paolo Nedved Lee no. Bossionko No 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 no, no. By the way Good shout Are we going back to Tresco Stoichkov No it's 98 It's Zidane And it's a player who Played for Hearts um, At that time Rusi No Stefan Pai Nope um, Mahi Right, I'll just need to tell you. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, quick, no. quick, we need to, we're nearly out of time. It would be hard. So 98-99. That would be a Jim Jeffries team. Right up, midfielder. Played for like Montpellier, PSG. Vincent Guerin. Vincent Guerin, there we go. <laughs> Whoever he may be. Uh, thank you to Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday. That was really, really busy tonight. And if you didn't get through, we can do it tomorrow with Gordon DL and Kenny Miller. Already looking forward to that. I miss you between 8 and 6 the next day. So we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, and don't forget, Callum Gallagher is up next. 